everyone welcome this is quantum nurse podcast out of the rabbit hole from stress to bliss and i am grace asagra your host i'm a holistic registered nurse with over 30 years of clinical experience from community to critical care and now back to community and i consider podcasting as part of my community work so welcome and i would like to welcome and i'm so honored to have dr carl moore with us to share a lot of insights on the natural environment water and health and well-being so thank you to the audience and yes please thank you welcome to dr carl moore Thank you very much, Grace. Delighted to be here. <laughs> so let me let me just uh, remind the audience that at the end of the podcast, we'll put all information below, and that includes Dr. Moore's information. If you have to get in touch with him, talk to him, or whatever, in whatever form, there will be resources at the end of the podcast in the description. So let's see what we have about Dr. Moore. And I have a feeling that this is just a little short bio, but who knows, it might take a day to, to, for him to tell us who and what's the bio, the real bio for Dr. Moore. So Dr. Moore, Carl, you are a physicist, a homeopath and a writer. You have a PhD in physics and specialize in developing optical instrumentation to measure the interaction of light and water. You have worked on projects such as calibrating ocean color satellites to developing underwater imaging systems at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography, University, California for nearly a decade. You are also a licensed and registered homeopath, and you have recently written a book of the ubiquitous spiral motion of the universe, water and its regenerative forces. And it is called Nature's Twist, Water and the Spirals of Life. You also have been a consultant for EMF or electromagnetic frequencies exposure, and your passion is in understanding nature, health, and the human potential. And you live in the beautiful country of Ireland, country which is surrounded with a lot of water. And you are the host of the podcast made in nature first i like i like the title of your book it's profound and i like the title of your podcast it's just easy to understand of what's in it beyond water i know <laughs> thanks, thanks grace <laughs> so i think I, my first question would be and maybe it's just a simple question but since i see about the uh, about the oceanography and optical. So are you a diver? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you a swimmer? 
Actually, I, I prefer to be on the land. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I know there's a lot of water in the land as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ocean, uh... All the water in the ocean, from what I understand, all came, I mean, mo you know, the, all the mountains and the hills, then they all merge into the ocean. And then part of it goes back to the to the land. So, but I just can't help it that you ask you if you're a diver or swimmer. Okay. That, 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 that's a very good question. And uh, unfortunately, no, I uh, I prefer to be on land. Um, yeah, which is which is interesting because homeopathy also uh, deals with water, uh, but is a form of medicine. So uh, I have water water coming out my ears. Um, <laughs> And I, I ask that because I, you know, growing up in the Philippines, as you know, we have many thousands of islands. And then we always have a joke that that's whatever number you have in the, when you Google the thousands of islands, 21,000 over, that's only on the high tide. But when it's low tide, there's more islands. Okay. Wow. 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 <laughs> and I, I know someone who's involved in the, EMF rush, uh, technology project that they're planning on buying a, an island in the Philippines for security res reasons. See? see? Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, you can't say any more now. Why don't you say security reasons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... For their security, personal, and well-being. Okay, so it's important. <laughs> that they yeah, yeah, yeah. Island. So anyway, um, Grace, Grace, if I may just interrupt, did you do something with your microphone there? Because the sound seems to have dropped a little bit. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, do you see anything? No, no. I'm okay. Still, I'm still okay here. It says that I, I'm not muted. <laughs> okay, you know, I hear you. It's just it seemed to have gone a little lower. No, that's no problem. Sorry for interrupting. No, no problem. But I, I'll just be conscious to be more in the microphone then. Okay. So now I, we're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good. So then my let's my follow up question with that from the oh oh I was gonna say that because my family swims and I had some experience in diving, so that's why and I love that that uh, being underneath is just magnificent and it's just peaceful but i'm scared but i do it anyway <laughs> yeah what well, you you um you grew up in the philippines um yeah is that, is that where you grew up yes yes so uh i i grew up in ireland and so the water temperature is quite different so that's one reason it's probably i never uh went into the ocean however i do go in the ocean on Christmas Day. Oh, okay. And yeah. Like really swim in the ocean? Uh, no, more like uh, in and out really quickly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I could say I've done it. Um, it's it's kind of a ritual here on Christmas Day for 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 people, and uh, I just didn't want to be the last one left out. So. <laughs> I guess that's what you is equivalent to what I see on the spa experience is called, they call it Nordic bath. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Nordic bath. Yeah. 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 I like cold. that too. hot and cold bath. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, 
Yeah, so water's water's uh, is is everywhere, and I like to think of water as being wherever there's water, there's life. And I think uh, so. I think water has been really underestimated as a as a wonderful magical a magical substance. Um, you know, we're ninety nine percent water, and uh, by by molecules, and about seventy percent by weight. But it, is, uh, it does a whole bunch of things to give us energy and to regulate our bodies and to give form, even, even give form to our DNA. So it's, uh, that's why I fell in love with uh, well, finding out more about water. You see, um, I'm glad you mentioned that we're 99% water because it's just really for me, and just recently that that information came to me. So I guess I better really listen that it's, you know, that we're really more than, and we're almost water, okay? So, and, and yes, I think you're right that it's underestimated because I was going to even ask if that's the case, why couldn't a lot of treatments of sessions, let's not call it medical treatment, right? All, all those healing sessions can be just focused on the use of the water in whatever form. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I think, I think we probably do. Um, when you do something with prayer and intention, uh, you're probably stimulating the water in the other person. That's, that's a big sentence to say. But I know there's, uh, and I might be jumping here a bit, but they've been doing experiments uh, with intention on water. And they're able to get a signal, electrical signal in the water, the conductivity of it changes. Even though people might be concentrating on the water, sending an intention from hundreds of kilometers away, even if not in another country. So I think, <clears throat> Excuse me, water is, um, helps us to emit information and to absorb information. It helps in the communication process, uh, even, within, even within the body. So um, homeopathy just happens to be a medicine where you're actually holding the water. But in homeopathy, in case the, the listeners are, may, may not be familiar, maybe they are, is that homeopathy uh, dilutes a substance uh, and it can do it to such an extent that there's statistically no molecules left in it. And so that's one of the reasons why um, uh, people have said it, it, it can't possibly work because there's none of the initial uh, uh, soluble molecules in it or, or remedy molecules in it. But what they fail to do is take in the energy aspect of it uh, and when you do that, you find that what is happening is that water is reconstructing itself molecularly in the presence of these other medicinal molecules. So it gets to the stage where it retains that information in the water. And so it becomes uh, uh, an energized informational form of water that when you give to a person who also happens to be mostly water, uh, there's an instant communication. There's the, you don't have to translate because there's water in both instances. 
Um, and what I was saying earlier is that water can also do other things. Um, and I was thinking the way homeopathic remedies are made. And I don't want to get technical in this, but uh, one, of the, one of the properties in which, where water reorganizes itself, it, it's able to transmit information. So uh, there's ways in which uh, the bodies communicate and sends information through our biofield uh, and all that, as you well know. So that's, that's, that's a big area. But yeah, yeah water, water seems to be everywhere and it seems to have uh, lots of capabilities. But I just wanted to stress that um, for a long time, homeopathy was considered not to work because there was no molecules. But, uh, but what water does is it has the ability to reorganize its molecules and then change its properties. And to give an example of that would be like with carbon. You have uh, carbon in a pencil, which is, is graphite. So when you can run it, all the carbon comes off. But if you get carbon in the form of a kind of a pyramid or a tetrahedron, it becomes a diamond and you can't really tell right with the diamond. Well, you, you'd probably scratch everything with the diamond, but it's a completely different thing, but it's still both, both cases, it's carbon, just reconfigured differently. So this is what water does. It can get its little H2O molecules and then it'll, it'll, they'll join up in different ways to store information. It's all water molecules, so it's very hard to detect. This is why, there's probably been a barrier in, 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 in mainstream science to accepting this, but a lot of research has been going on in this area. Um, so I just wanted to say that as regards to water has all these different capabilities. It's fantastic. Um, with me coming again from an indigenous tradition, on my mind, my mind, my imagination goes to the fact, and also travel, having traveled to other countries, I always, try to see the similarity of the culture. And first of all, in all religions, maybe not all, but from what I know and observe, water is always part of the ritual. It's like some type of water. So there must be something really important and powerful in the water. They may all disagree with all the other uh, dogmas in religion, but they all agree that water is, would be part of their religion. And there's like they, and I've seen it, uh, Carl, when an, a, a, an Inganga here in, in United States, an African Inganga, which is an African shaman, was showing us that with the, with the ritual that he was doing with the water, like example, we didn't see any bubbles in the water, and then, I mean, obvious bubbles, okay? But as he keeps doing the prayer, you'll see that there are little bubbles. Now, okay, science world may say it's the interaction of the water molecule with the air, etc. But all I know is it happens during that ritual. So, you know, it, that's for me, those are my anecdotal experience when it comes to water. Wow. Okay. And so, Carl, is that how you, you, you were able to get involved with homeopathy? Because there's not a lot of physicists who like do, a, you know, in my world, there's not a lot of physicists who are also doing something in the alternative or complementary medicine. Yeah, that's, um, I suppose um, I'm one of those sort of people um, 
that I'm curious. So I will look behind the curtain and then I'll go behind the curtain. And so with homeopathy, I was, I had heard about it um, as a form of medicine that all you needed was water, uh, a little alcohol, a glass vial, and the ability to shake it. <clears throat> and I thought that was tremendous that you could make remedies out of flowers, out of insects, out of just about anything. So that's, that, was, that was kind of where my, my interest came, came from. Uh, and then um, about 15 years ago, uh, the idea of homeopathy came up again and I heard uh, people saying it couldn't work. And I knew that in India, for example, um, they use homeopathy with conventional medicine and it's, it's not an issue. The medicines are much cheaper that way, but they get the good diagnostic quality of, of conventional medical doctors. And there's not a problem, it's not one or the other. And I heard that they graduate 10,000 uh, homeopaths a year. So that's very strange for something that doesn't work. So I decided that as a physicist, I should start to look into this, what, what's, what's going on. So that's, that's um, so it's not really a great career move per se, but, um, I, I, I just follow my interest and um, I found that water uh, was just tremendous in what it can do. Um, and I'm still, dis still discover more stuff about it uh, and its ability to, well, there's a few things, um, but I, I, I would go into the physics, it's water and its ability to spiral uh, is, is, is the trick. It's the movement that everything in the universe spirals or curves. And um, that seems to underpin all this. But water, yeah, is a magical, uh, wonderful substance. Um, uh, and, you know, we hear, we hear things like um, very strange things, like cars running on water. Have you, have you heard of that, Grace, cars running mm -hmm. on water? Yeah. And uh, for, for years I would hear that and i go, God, how could you have a car run on water? Water puts out a fire. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. But then when you think about what, what is water, it's uh, hydrogen, the most ubiquitous and plentiful molecule or gas in the, in the universe, and then oxygen, which I think is number three on, on the planet or in the universe. Uh, but these are two highly combustible gases. They're perfect to put into a combustion engine. So it's, I noticed my own bias uh, in that regard. The other thing, <clears throat> for excuse me, for many years they thought that the body was was um, the tissues in it acted as an insulator, because when they would look at the cells and the tissues uh, to examine the properties and the uh, the constituents that made up 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 this up these substances, uh, they would dry them out. They would get rid of the water because water is just oh it's just a simple molecule. It's hydrogen, two hydrogens and an oxygen, so they dry it out and they take their measurements. But that was all wrong because it needs water. When you mix it with water, it changes into something else. And they found that the body, lots of the body tissues act as a semiconductor. It becomes an electrical signaling device. Uh, and so when you add water to the body and all the molecules, you suddenly have this uh, integrated matrix where everything knows what everything else is doing within the body. And all that information is communicated uh, largely in part because of water within the body. Um, 
and so one of the things about my podcast is our connection to nature um and and I, I think it's a shift in perspective that we've gone to see ourselves as being separate, but we're actually connected to it. Uh, and so I try to point that out. And one of our connections is, and this, this includes water, is that when water is in very small spaces, it can absorb heat energy or light energy from its surroundings and create that into a, an, an electronic charge, which can power the body directly. This isn't going through food or that normal uh, process that we're familiar with. This is directly absorbing energy from the environment at a cellular level. Um, but we have all sorts of connections uh, with our environment. Even when uh, the sun, when there's solar flares on the sun, there's a greater incidence of heart attacks in people on the planet. So you get these wonderful kind of connections. Um, but um, I, may, I may have gone off subject there. Um, because it's all it's all good to have the water and, and and then we have the connection. I was talking about our connections to to nature, and and <clears throat> the other thing is is that we're electromagnetic, and I mean by that everything that's in our body is governed by electric electrical signals. Um, and so the heart is probably the biggest electromagnetic uh, uh, pulsator or oscillator. Uh, the brain also puts out all kinds of signals. Our body's full of subtle signals that all interact. And um, we tend to forget, because we tend to be in our head so much, that our body is in continual communication uh, with the environment, with our surroundings. And... Uh, yeah, we tend to forget that. Uh, I think it's something like uh, eight... eight Eight bits, the head processes, no, it can't be eight bits per second, but it's a small number, but it's a million times more for the body. And it creates all, picks up all these signals and changes it into uh, sensations and feelings that we can learn to interpret. <clears throat> so when we put ourselves in an artificial environment or environment that is, uh, doesn't have the right frequencies or the nourishing frequencies, if it's discordant, if it's polluted, uh, these things can then have an effect on health in a subtle way because their bodies are picking up this information all the time. So on the other side is if you go out into a beautiful forest uh, coming from the city, uh, it takes a little bit of time, but then you start to feel good because you're giving yourself the chance for your body to communicate and to fall into balance with nature, which is by definition is in a state of dynamic balance. Um, so I think it is huge healing capability. And I think that if we separate ourselves too much from nature and, and live in an artificial environment, uh, that, that may not be the best for health and, and well-being. So. Fantastic. And I can really relate to that because again, you know, I remember um, when I was growing up and then when I was already a nurse in the Philippines, the first thing that I and a friend of mine would do is we get up early. That's before the sun is up and we start to gather some little kids in the neighborhood and we start running and 
if it's if if it's possible we run towards the beach and then that's where we go swimming because <laughs> you know it's too, it was too hot to run and come back again and then that's when i go to work so we try to be out there first and almost all our activities were like we go out hiking camping and just being out there so when i came to united states i that was my first activity in new york is to run around outside <laughs> yeah and and then for the elders you know and for anyone who's sick it's it's just always very tricky for them to be out so when again possible i try to suggest to their loved ones who might be with them visiting and if if they're medically clear then we i tell them take your mom or your dad outside and have a visit outside yeah and so your message is in the perfect time because now we we're in a situation where we're always limited someone is always guarding and there's many so-called police people checking on us and to what we're doing outside so it's you know what can what can you what what do you suggest maybe for people who get um like sometimes some of them gets like oh they don't want to be under the sun because they may have skin cancer and or 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 just any kind of limiting beliefs and thoughts that they have to be outside oh i i know one there was one story that some i they he wasn't comfortable to go out in the woods because he said oh i may get lost so what would be the best thing that we can suggest to them okay um yeah i hadn't thought of someone saying that i i can get lost <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I suppose. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> I, I suppose. Um, well, there's some people who don't like to be outside in 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 nature, and I don't quite understand that myself. Um, but if somebody is interested, um, well, they just need to sit under a tree. I would suggest. um you know uh, you know if they can walk yeah sure you don't have to go far but uh, i i suppose there's one thing maybe i should bring up and and it's occurred to me is i think people like nature they see beauty in nature but sometimes they have a difficulty in being able to connect or being sort of finding uh, peace in nature and I, when i was very young um i uh, uh i went up the mountains uh i took my father's car went up the mountains and it was a, it was a gray dull day but it was quite beautiful and uh, i was looking at the mountains and the valley and i went oh that's beautiful and then i i said okay i'm going home and i go well if it's so beautiful why do i want to rush home and i thought that yeah that's that's weird if it's so beautiful why do i want to leave so i decided that i would wait more than i was comfortable waiting i would outwait myself and uh when i did that i was there 25 minutes all these other animals came out of the forest the whole everything changed 
And, and so I suppose if there's anything for someone who wants to uh, commune with nature, uh, it's, it's, it's not a big mental thing. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to do all, 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 all these things. The only thing is, is, is to wait, wait longer than you need to. And, and I think it's been overpatient with nature. It, it's kind of, then you invite the invitation for nature to respond when you are saying, I'm going to be here forever. And, you know, you go to that time of the sun, I suppose. So that would be my advice because there's many different sorts of people in different circumstances with different belief systems. So um, I don't think I could address them all fairly otherwise. Oh, that, thank you. That was perfect, actually. For you know, I think it's very practical and understandable. And yeah, so that's it's not complicated to just be outside. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and the word wait. Yeah, that, that's a profound word because sometimes we are in a rush and we don't wait or just sit. As they said, we're too busy in our head and in our mouth, and we don't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you know, it's also the, we also don't want to experience the beauty at that time sometimes. I'm, I'm thinking of another story. Um, but it's just sometimes I notice that people will take photographs and they won't actually stop to enjoy the scene. They go, I'll take a picture and enjoy it later. But you can't because the photograph is never the same as the real thing. So... I, I think sometimes we hide behind uh, a camera uh, to try to save the moment so we're, we're in a better position to enjoy it. But um, um, it's always the first take, as we've, as we've learned from the um, broadcast yourself course. It's, uh, you, just, you do it. The first time's good, and it's the real one. You know, um, I... Are you familiar with some technology where they have, uh, they can put some water and water in a vial and they uh, embed frequencies? And I, I, I know a practitioner, uh, one or two, who does that. And, you know, I, I, I myself, you, I, I consume that or I use that for my body. I don't have that machine, but I trust that. Because first it's non-invasive and then I know that I'm going beyond my physical body and I can connect, as you said, connect with all that, use the water power to connect me to that infinite consciousness or infinite and infinite healing. Do you, do you use that in your practice? Uh, can you talk more about that? I can talk more about that. Please. Um, I, I was thinking, as you said, that there's, there's a few things. I was, the radionics machines where you can dial in uh, a number corresponding to a remedy, and that works. Or you get a sample, you can duplicate it with the machine. Um, but and then I was also thinking of the guy, uh, Jean-Baptiste. He was uh, Benveniste, excuse me, Benveniste. Uh, he was a French guy, uh, Jacques Benveniste. Uh, in the mid-80s, he had done some research um, on water where he was able to um, uh, write into water 
he was able to uh, absorb the information from a substance and ride it into water through using wires. And then there was uh, Luc Montagne in, in was the early 2000s. Uh, he was a Nobel Prize winner uh, in discovering the HIV uh, virus. And uh, so he'd done this work on um, being able to record, picking up the signals from, um, what was it, the DNA of a, of a virus, I forget the name of it. And then uh, writing that information into water, virgin water, Mm-hmm. And then adding adding the right amino acids and all this, uh, and what had happened is that this signal that was embedded in the water, and uh, the constituents were added to it. It reassembled itself into a DNA, the original DNA strand, to within ninety eight percent accuracy. So I think this is in two thousand and ten. He was doing experiments in that. Um, so yeah, that's a given that you're able to write into water uh, and record this kind of information. Um, <clears throat> there's other examples. Um, I'm trying to think of the, it's in the University of Stuttgart. I can't remember the name in Germany. I can't remember the name of the researcher, but he was getting uh, flowers and, and putting them in water and leaving them for a few minutes, I think, and then taking the flowers out, getting a drop of that water, putting it on a microscope slide, letting the microscope slide, letting the water dry out or or something to that effect. And then he would look at the the residue of the water uh, left by the water, and it was in the shape of the original flower. Wow. And so he's able to do that with people as well. uh, and so water, so, and then you, you have uh, uh, Emoto Mazaru, uh, the Japanese guy who did the frozen crystals. With, he was putting intention on them. And then when it was good uh, intention, uh, you get these very beautiful symmetrical water crystals that would form. But when it was bad, negative, discordant energy, you get these uh, uh, asymmetric, contorted, dirty looking crystals. So. They're, they're just a few more kind of uh, um, other examples that people may, may be familiar with. But at another level, um, they're able to write in, into information. And, and it may be the case that, uh, uh, well, I won't go into water as a, as a higher capability. It has is, it is five different states rather than just two uh, on or off. It has multiple states. So I may be able to store a lot more information that way. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I've kind of gone full circle with the back to the water again and, uh, how it, how it operates. You know, I'm, I, I'm just stunned sometimes, you know, when I hear people like you explaining that, and if I can only duplicate everything that you say and let everyone know and it would be empowering because you know then there's there should be less chronic conditions chronic mm-hmm. health conditions and that's in some i uh, in my also in my indigenous understanding that 
the solutions to our problems really are just out there. And like for our health is, is right in our body if we understand who we are and what we are. So, you know, so go ahead, please, Carl, Dr. Moore, talk to us more on who we really are and what we are, because I am, those information are gradually becoming more popular and going into the mainstream for those who seek. Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks, Grace. Um, well, I think I think the crux of the matter is when we see things in terms of energy rather than, than solid matter, things start to fall into place. Now, what do I mean by energy? That's an abstract term. Think of... Um, Think of dropping a pebble in a pond, it creates ripples. So if you imagine you have this field and you create ripples, these ripples go on forever. Everything's in contact with it. You see, everything becomes connected. Um, so we're primarily energetic beings. We're not really solid. Um, maybe some of the listeners may have been taught this in school um, in chemistry that the, uh, the atom uh, is 99.999% empty space or the nucleus is 99. Yeah. The atom is 99.999% empty space and only 0.00001% is, is solid. It's the nucleus. Well, no, that's all wrong. It's 100% empty space. And what you have is just vibrations of different frequencies. And so when you have different frequencies, that it's like different density, just in very simple kind of terms. Um, so I also believe that um, everything comes from a deeper level of reality. We're beyond time, beyond space. And I think uh, we have access to that. Um, we might even have access that every single particle that makes us up might be able to access that dimension. So I see the world of space and time as um, a place of great opportunity um, for something like soul development, uh, something in that regard, because it's only when you live in space and time that you can have things like hope, regret, uh, um, uh, you know, things that are spread out in space and time that bring out the human quality within us. If we know everything in a, in a, in a state that is dimensionless, uh, we may not grow. Okay, this is all speculation. So what I'm saying is we're energetic beings, we're multidimensional. And I think that each of us is, is the universe being conscious of itself from a different perspective. So we're all connected. We're all having a unique experience of the same thing. I get, I, I, I will say that perhaps that's what our, if our soul decided to come to this earth and experience, but I was just thinking, how did we lose that understanding of, of, you know, that our blueprint is beyond space and time? 
and what can what can we do how can we empower uh, at least ourselves and then share it to others that you know we cannot limit our understanding where do we begin that's 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 a that's a big question um I, I, I suppose it would be, I suppose the advice that I might give would be uh, that you don't need to do any courses, you don't need to do anything like that, you don't need to go to see anybody, ultimately, uh, that you have this ability yourself. There's, now, you, go, you can go get help to discover how to do that, but it's not a requirement. Um, and what is this blueprint? I suppose, how, how do you learn about it? Or why would you want to learn about it? If you're living in a world where you have technology doing many things for you, uh, you may not even know uh, why you want things, why you do things, why you're motivated. Um, and so, how do you stop that? I suppose if somebody becomes aware that something's not right, well, then they, then they become motivated to do something. But why one person does and another doesn't, I'm not sure. But if, if someone does um, realize this blueprint, um, and it's really quite simple. We are part of nature. We have to care uh, for everything around us because that is us. Uh, that is the part of us, you know. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a, where do you, where do you start? What do you do? Every everybody's different, I guess. Everybody has a different path to take to get there, but um, there is there is a real there is a real place. Um, well, there's certainly higher levels of of of, of being, uh, and. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a big question. What do you, where, where do you start? I suppose it's different for everybody. I suppose, yeah, I'm stumbling here. That's uh, okay. Maybe, no, maybe well, hypothetical or. Yeah, no, I just, I asked the question and what I, my experience is sometimes we have, I have questions that I, you know, I struggle to understand, but if just, if I just ask the question and it may not be answered right now, but because I ask a question for myself and in the future, the experience might come to me whenever, whenever. If, if, when I could always say that when you ask a question, then if you're, you're ready, your vibrations are ready to receive that, then, you know, it will be awesome. So um, when you were talking about the, the spirals of the water, the spirals, the then the frequency and the vibration. Um, um, teach me again. Is it like a spiral that goes up, uh, linear, or uh, or does it a spiral that goes down? Or <laughs> they're good questions. Um, apparently, there's a spiral, there's a vortex, and there's different forms of vortex. Um, so the simplest one is just uh, where you spin okay. in the same place. And then you spin and you go somewhere. 
Now you get a helix, okay? Like a coil. Okay. Am I, am I doing that right? Yeah. Sorry, my hand's uh -huh. breaking. Yeah. <clears throat> then what you can do is, 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 is if you go forward, or let's, let's go downwards, and, and, we, and, and we get tighter, then we have a spiral that goes into a point. That's an inward spiral. Okay. And then you have one that comes from the point and expands outwards. That's an outward spiral. And so, and then there's one more where there's two spirals are connect, they connect up and then I call that a toroid. But the thing, the thing, Grace, is not, I'm not trying to confuse you here. It's just that there's different permutations, there's different types. And you can build on a very simple thing that everything just rotates. Okay. And then you do little things to it, you change it, and then you can build. And then when you have all these different things spiraling around, it has different properties. And so that may be like what, like what atoms are uh, and they're electrons. They're all these different spinning things working together. Uh, and so different spinning configurations give different, different things. Does that answer without? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's for me. I can, uh, you know, I can imagine that. And so, and that brings my understanding and, and my experience that that's how much you were saying earlier that, you know, how the water also modulates our temperature, provides our energy. So there's really, you know, if we can just kind of imagine all that, you know, spiral thing going vertical, horizontal, and who knows what else, right? Because there's always something that we, beyond our measurement or beyond our vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, you know, do you know what, here's something that, um, the, heart, the heart is not really a pump. Okay, because, okay. okay, we can go into this some other time, but what it really does is it actually spins, it spins the blood. Very it's the cool. Seven, yeah, the seven mu muscles in the heart, they go one after the other do, 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 and they spiral and it comes out. So the blood spirals through the veins and the arteries and the capillaries. I and, love that. Yeah, love yeah. And, and sometimes what happens is, is, is down the, the artery or the vein, I can't remember which, you will get two uh, spiraling flows and they will, they will form together, they will form beside one another and they will rub off one another to, to generate heat locally in, in an extremity of the body. So maybe that's why you rub your hands when it's cold in the winter. It's, it's kind of, that's what might be happening within the body. But the reason why it spins is because there's less friction. Because if it spins, all the blood goes towards the center of the vessel. It stays away from the sides where there's friction. So... Just, just a thought. I, I, so everything spins. So I wanted to mention that. Um, and then we have our chakras. They spin. They're wheels. Uh, our finger, our fingertips. They're the pattern. They're in spirals. Our earlobes, little spirals. I know there's more things. Um, yeah. Well, when I learn and hear these things that you're describing, <laughs> suddenly I said, I know what I'm going to do later for my movement. I'm going to encourage my body. I'm going to do some spiral movement. So oh, yeah. all, although even if I'm just sitting and standing here talking to you, everything is spiraling. And that's how magnificent our body is. But I'll still do it. 
And, you know, oh, isn't it that one of those uh, roomy movements are no, not true, but yes, I was just it's, thinking the Sufi, the, the, the swirling, the swirling, the, the, swir the swirling dervish. Yes, I was just thinking that when you mentioned that. And yeah, yeah they, 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 they spiral around. Yeah. So they feel connected to God. See, when you spiral, there's a connection. Um, it, it connects. And it's, it's a thing called Barnett's polarization, but I'll go into that some other time. You'll have to have me back. <laughs> oh, okay. oh no! I have to have you back many times. Yeah. So, and think about this: no wonder why the little kids they love to spin. They just so pure. What can yeah, I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, now you'll notice everything spins now, and yeah, uh, yeah it's 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 exciting, you know. Well, in in my quantum energy practice, we have a saying that once you have the energy eyes, you never go back to what you don't know. You just keep moving forward. Because, you know, and that's when um, I like you to maybe, exp uh, you know, share more on, you know, the, the way that you, what makes you happy is that seeing a lot of beauty because I think when that's like a key to experiencing all these spiral things, okay? So share, share me about seeing things in beauty or what makes you happy. And you can connect it to the question of what makes your work important? Um, my, my work is important <clears throat> because I I um, I feel it's bigger than me. I'm called to something bigger than me, and 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 that's a good thing. And even as I say that, sometimes I'm not sure what I'm doing. Uh, but talking about nature and pointing these things out seems to be needed. Uh, and and so that's that's what I'd like to see. Um, that's that's what motivates me. I'm I'm sorry, Grace. What was the other half of that question? I kind of what um, makes you happy? What makes me? Well, do you know what? Lately, I've been saying to myself, when I actually look up into the clouds, and I see a bit of blue or see the the white of the clouds, I actually feel lighter for an instant. I've just been noticing that. I my spirits lift for a moment, and then sometimes when I I, I look at the trees blowing in the wind. For an instant, I feel really, really good. So I've been saying, what makes me happy is to uh, watch the clouds and, and see the, the wind blow through the trees. And of course, it makes me sound like I'm very lazy and I don't do anything, but <laughs> which, which annoys people, which is okay. But, I, um, but that's kind of like the goal. There's something very beautiful behind all that. And that's, there's some, something beyond words something uh something worthy of celebration it, it's i guess it's a feeling of life a timelessness um and so that's that's not really a a something that you can put on your resume if you're going for a job um <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we could start putting, uh, creating our own resume 
underneath, right? They may not ask for it, but you want to put it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll put it in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's and, not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they like it. But, um, yeah, it's it's just to aspire to, um, because I also think, and, and I didn't mention this on uh, in this uh, podcast with you, is that while technology is fine and good, I think it's very important for us to realize who we are, like you've been saying, uh, uh, because we have wonderful capabilities and uh, we can have a wonderful sense of well-being and, and awareness uh, of the world because we're, we're already connected to it. So I think it's important to remember that and not to forget it because technology might might take it over and we, and we might forget forever. And um, it's like some people um, would almost think that seeing, seeing, seeing something on TV is the same as being there. Uh, we, we don't want it to get to that stage. It can never be exactly the same. But uh, um, so, because I, I, I think we have a lot. I mean, the ability to uh, kinesiology, to tap into information uh, that's beyond our, ourselves and our own culture, or to send healing intention and prayer at distance uh, to be able to uh, sense some, what someone else, how they are from a distance. These are all abilities that we have that, that uh, aren't really touched. It's not in our understanding of the world, uh, but it's, it's, it's very much a part of it. So we need to start to see things in those terms of connection, of a deep, a deep connection that we have and that we can, we can access this world through different levels of connection. We can see it as individuals, and we can also see it as, as all being one and deeply connected. And we can go between the two. <clears throat> and that's, that's probably the, uh, the way to go through life. So how, 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 does, how is your daily habit connect to this understanding? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. um, you see i i we want to make sure that <laughs> the audience knows that you're doing your personal thing every day we can just we can just tell them what yeah i i um uh, well i have to go out once a day and every chance i can um i will try to walk barefoot um on the grass or something like that. But uh, I usually I can only get out every few days, but I, I, I do get out and I, I walk and I try to be with nature. I instantly feel good when I go out, uh, unless it's really raining and cold, but it's still, it's still good. It's still it's something beautiful about it. Um, uh, and then I suppose I think about it because um, I'm a writer. So I think about these things. So that's part of my day. Uh, and uh, I come across the news, I see what's going on in the world, and I'm going, no, that's not, that's not right. This is, this is, and I'm always arguing at the, with the, with what I hear and what's actually going, there's certain, certain, not always, should I say, but um, uh, I become aware of, of, of the science behind what things is going on, what the arguments are, and then what I actually see being played out um, so I try to put everything into perspective for my understanding in an energetic sense. Um, 
uh, so even even the fact that you know why do viruses occur in certain places and I um, are they energetic phenomena do they have quanta, quanta, quantum phenomena uh, I'm saying that because I know you're the quantum nurse so you might be interested in uh, in so a, a, a quantum is just a, it's it's a particle and it's a wave. So at certain instances, it appears as as a particle, a solid, isolated object. But in actual fact, it's just an energy wave of a certain frequency. And depending on how you look at it, it'll appear as one or the other. And when you go to very small scales, they start to appear as one and another quite easily. So a virus, you're getting down to that scale size. So I wonder if the energetics of the environment is so polluted or stressed that it allows the virus to appear. It's kind of the terrain theory uh, kind of idea. But so if everything's energetic, uh, then we should put it in in that regard and then things fall into place, I think. Yeah, I hear you. I think we can go on and on because I know there's other uh, in the past when uh, some some doctors know about uh, what your you know the treatment and they were even treating parasites through energy tools yeah 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 as you said as you said we you have to come back for many more times and we just keep sharing what we can you know what we think it would be good to share because then we're hoping that through this information, then we could inspire others to also just experiment or explore, embrace something that's a little bit different from what they don't know. And in, in holistic nursing, we always have to say that uh, after you have your experience, try to remember, remember those experiences, not to forget and, you know, so that that could help us all throughout our lives. So, right? So. Well, absolutely. No, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to uh, talking more with you. We can, we can talk about all kinds of, uh, of things and help to inspire people and give them a new, new way, perhaps, or a different way of looking at things or, uh, you know. So, yeah, so thank you so much. Now, let, tell, tell, please tell, tell our audience where they can get your book and all the, your podcast, and all the other important information. Okay, okay, great, thanks. Um, well, I'm getting a website together. It's called uh, themaidennaturepodcast.com, uh, www.maidennaturepodcast.com. Uh, and uh, I'm on Facebook, Maiden Nature Podcast, by the same name. And my book is called Nature's Twist, Water and the Spirals of Life, and it's available on Amazon. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Yeah. And one more, just one more statement, perhaps, for our audience who are stress caregivers. How would how would they be able to best again? You know, I'm sure if they listen, you you've given a lot of tips already. How would they be best um, able to handle their chronic stress? 
you know, with taking care of someone who has dementia or other chronic conditions. And if they're racing, if they have their own family. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I instantly feel that I have no right to say anything to someone who is so busy and so dedicated. Um, the only thing I could, the only thing I could offer is to uh, develop a, a time and a sense for yourself to develop a quiet, quiet space. And that comes in different forms, but it's to identify uh, with your core self uh, and to be called to, and that calls you to a higher, to a higher level. Um, so there's many different ways to do that. Um, and many people have, have their ways of doing it. Is that kind of, that's almost too simple an answer, I feel. Yeah, just, yeah, connect, connect with the core, I, I, I suppose. And there's many ways to do that, yeah. Yeah, no, it's perfect. I say it perfect because I remember one of my mentors said, when I say, oh, about writing, I said, oh, I don't know how to write. I only know simple words, and he said, no, simple words are what we need because they're profound words. And if you want to be a writer, you want to write simple words that the readers would can understand. So thank you so much. And, uh, uh, you know, I appreciate you and everything that you do, Dr. Carl Moore. And I appreciate our audience. And I want to share a quantum affirmation that I usually pull in the morning and intentionally choose it from different cards and with intention I said what can I share with Dr. Moore and also our audience so what I have says give sincere thanks and I encourage us to when we do an affirmation what works for me is I say it loud three times in the morning and in the afternoon and in the evening and that kind of like helps me focus on, you know, what the message is for the day. I said, give sincere thanks. I begin and end my day with gratitude. I do not take all the good things in life for granted. I give thanks for every moment of the day. I look for big and small things to be grateful for. Every moment of my life is both a blessing and an opportunity for growth. I begin and end my day with gratitude. I do not take all the good things in my life for granted. I give thanks for every moment of the day. I look for big and small things to be grateful for. Every moment of my life is both a blessing and an opportunity for growth. I begin and end my day with gratitude. I do not take all good things in my life for granted. I give thanks for every moment of the day. I look for big and small things to be grateful for. Every moment of my life is both a blessing and an opportunity for growth. So Dr. Moore, since I know you will be back next time, you could tell us all about your five-year, 10-year and your lifetime plan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all in two sentences. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much, Grace. Thank you so much. And in, my <laughs> and in my language, I say mabalos, which means thank you. And yes, 
we are all connected because now I can get, you know, it doesn't have to be just our physical body. It's water molecules all floating us. Thank you. Marvelous. Thank you, Grace. <laughs>